Hey everyone, and welcome to the Good Enough Gaming Podcast, where a group of average 30-something jock nerds thought the world needed another gaming podcast. We're here for a good enough time, not a long time. Hang around hey and listen everyone, to us bullshit welcome about back all to the Good Enough Gaming Podcast. I'm Kyle, your uh, host, I guess, and today we're, we're taking a dive into consoles. Uh, with the release recently of, you know, the Xbox One XS. Oh, shit. What's the name of it now? Series, yeah, so series tricky, X. The Series yeah, 2700. You know, I keep seeing these memes of, like, the, the Xbox. This, late, this Karen going into, a, like, a EB Games asking yeah. for the Xbox. And the employee Xbox. goes, the Xbox, the Xbox One, the Xbox One S, the Xbox Series X. And just there's just so many different models of the same console. It's so confusing. Microsoft uh, doing something confusing? That doesn't sound about yeah, right. No. Never happens. So, anyways, we're we're here talking about um, the the next gen consoles that have just released, uh, as well as some of the console wars that have gone back through history that we've actually experienced and sort of been a part of. Uh, looking all the way to you know even the early 90s where where consoles became way more mainstream uh and into all the way into present day where we see the ps5 the xbox series x and you know even even a couple surprises that uh i know daryl's really really fond of um so why don't we why don't we start current and we'll work our way back in time <laughs> Wayne's exactly. world. Wayne's world. <laughs> well, there so, our copyright problems. Yeah. DMC. It only took three episodes. Uh, so cards on the table. Uh, we are all we were all fortunate enough to get uh, PS5 consoles within the first um, the first major wave for uh, Jordan, Trevor, and myself. Yeah, I wasn't and as lucky, uh, but uh, hallelujah. Derek, Daryl had some struggles. Um, we try we not to talk. We try not to talk about him, though. We made no, it. No. It's okay. It's not as traumatic anymore. We made it. No, it was a sensitive subject. Yeah. In fact, I think we even had to console him a few times. Oh God. Oh. <laughs> Starting early. So, um, guys, I want to hear about like what your experience with the PS5 is so far. Uh, why you chose it over the series X uh, and any other surprises that you've seen from the market right now. I know that um, two out of the three of you have like a Nintendo switch as well, just to give sort of some diversity in things. Uh, but what do you think so far? <laughs> uh, well, for me, it was interesting. I'm the last one to get the PS five. And basically I had to listen to you three turds talk about how incredible the system was before I could finally land it. But, maniacal uh, laugh, maniacal yeah. laugh. <laughs> yeah, you would, you should. <laughs> well, uh, did it live? It did live up to what we uh, presented it as? Oh, one hundred percent. The processing speed and everything, the load times, the back compatibility, going back to like what the PS3 did with the with the PS. Or no, shoot, I messed that up. Going back to what the PS2 did with the PS1. Uh, with back compatibility was is remarkable. I love that uh, with PS4 games. I think that was a, a, a huge thing for PlayStation to go back to. Big selling point for me. Um, I've 
I've had I have every PlayStation. So and I still have all my consoles from when I originally purchased them. So for me, it's it's I've been with PlayStation for so long. I I have a hard time going to Xbox. I have no problem with an Xbox uh, per se. Microsoft, if you want to sponsor us and throw us an Xbox and persuade us in any other way, we're open. We're ready for this. Um, Twist my arm. I will take a series (laughs) X. Twist my rubber arm. Yeah, yeah. But uh, like I, I have, I do have a little bit of brand loyalty just because PlayStation One was the first console that was bought for me. Like it was just mine. It wasn't mine to my sisters. It wasn't like for the family. It was the PS One was mine, and um, I just kind of held on to that forever. And it still works, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, all my consoles yeah. still work. I've, and we know the PS2 works. We yep. do because we just played that <laughs> just last year. Just uh, busted out some classics. We'll have to get into another time. But um, yeah, honestly, the the PS5 uh, it's a bi- it was bigger than I expected. It's a big unit. It is chunky. It, it's a bit it's ugly, huge. but. Uh... <laughs> It looks futuristic. It works futuristically. Uh, I'm a fan so far. I don't know about you guys, but yeah, I, I would say that it embodies the whole like next gen console. Like it's branching out from what the previous one did, yeah. um, even in just like design. But you can still see some some reference to the the previous PS4, even just with like or the PS3 rather, with some of like the curves in it and that sort of thing. It almost looks like a fancy concert hall. <laughs> <laughs> like you know some sort I of get, weird amphitheater yeah what coming, is this coming from a background of design i could see somebody using that as some sort of like reference image oh in making sure. some building in the yeah. next couple of years yeah yeah exactly they, like it, someone will do it they, they woke up in a cold sweat and they were like shit <laughs> i know i know what we need to do Whereas on the other hand, the Xbox was based off of like your typical tower building. So fridge, it, it yeah. kind of works out. It's the yeah. deep freeze of gaming systems. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that I, one's I, the deep freeze. Ooh. Yeah, I, I think that's kind of the the nice change, to be honest. I mean, you look at so many consoles over the last, you know, 15 years or so, and they're all relatively generic. I, I mean, Probably the most unique one would have been, you know, maybe the Xbox 360 at the time. Just the same thing. It had kind of a a slimmer construction to it and some curves here and there. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll say that the PS5, it looks nicer vertical. Um, yeah, I agree. And, and, and you can tell that the design that went into that console it was first and foremost designed to sit vertical, um, you know, but granted, you know, 90% of all PlayStation 5 owners are going to be stuffing this into an entertainment stand. So, uh, you know, mine is is horizontal in a TV stand because there's no other way to display it. Did you use a crowbar to get it in there? <laughs> Thank, <laughs> stretcher. Thankfully, my TV stand is open ended, and it's just like glass shelving, so it was easy enough to just slide in there. But I, I yeah, feel I, I feel bad vertical. for anybody that's got like wood doors and like an encased uh, box. It's it'll be a little bit tougher for sure. Yeah, that would be me, which is why mine is vertical on the outside of my TV stand behind the TV. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you don't even get to enjoy the look of it either. It's Not behind really. the caution tape of the TV so the kids don't get to it. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Exactly. I was going to say it's hidden from the children. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll give Xbox a little bit though. Like honestly, when you look at some of the modern stuff, like we we can rip on Xbox a little bit. If you look at some of the modern stuff, like the Xbox Series X, it's pretty – it's pretty modern style. Like it's it's very square. It's very sleek. It doesn't have very much flash to it. If you were if you live in like a modern styled house, uh, that yeah, doesn't stand out and it doesn't look out yeah. of place. Yeah. Um, it would fit in quite nicely as like a piece of art. Like you know, it's kind of you kind of have to look at it in, in a different context as well. Well, and, and to be honest, at the end of the day, when it comes to my console. I really don't give a shit what it looks like as long as it runs. You know, I, I only look at the the 360 area uh, era had the red ring of death. You know yeah. that that was a huge issue. Um, thankfully, I was able to get through that scot free. But uh, you know, then the PS4 had the jet engine for a fan. Oh my oh, god, man. Uh, yeah, mine it, sounds like that. You know, it's, it was just an absolute mess. I, I remember playing uh, The Last of Us Part Two at the at the middle of last year, and it sounded like my console was going to take off. Like, Anytime I played Red Dead Redemption, my PlayStation Four yeah. sounded like it was going to explode. Yeah, it was going to turn red. Uh, dead. All, all of those transitional games that were going between the two series. Yeah. That was a big thing towards the end of the, the PS4's life for sure. Yeah. And mine, like mine wasn't a pro mine was like an OG day one release PS4. And surprisingly it still I'm works. I'm impressed with, like, it still works. That's, that thing, that that thing needs like a graduation sash or something. <laughs> yeah, no shit. You, you made it. You made it kid. Play, play, you made it. As we go on. <laughs> We remember. <laughs> there it goes. Yeah, I, you know, I, I've had, uh, I, I've been fortunate en- enough. Um, you know, I've had uh, the PS2, the GameCube, the 360, the PS3, the PS4. Um, I had a Xbox One X uh, for about a year and a half to two years. Um, you know, I, I've got a Switch right now. And uh, eventually, I probably will get a Series X as they start to roll out some of those exclusives that they're in development uh, that they are developing right now. But uh, you know, my my preference has always been PlayStation. I, I just I enjoy the interface. Um, I, I I'm one of the the kind of smaller minorities in terms of I don't like the xbox controller as much um i i know a lot of people tend to like the the controller for xbox but uh, and that's one of the reasons why i like the ps5 controller better than any of the other playstation controllers yeah that it's, size made a difference yeah the size and with monster mints it fills out a bit better yeah, yeah. i enjoyed yeah. the ps4 controller i thought that one felt great Oh, it was an improvement too. Um, you know, but but I do agree with you. I think the PS5 controller uh, is phenomenal. You know, in, improving the battery life, uh, the size. You know, the and then we, yeah, adding in some extra features like haptic feedback yeah. to the triggers. I think is, you know, for certain games, it could be a game changer for sure. Um, I, I'd like Huge to see the brands um, pick that up. 
and, and start using it themselves. And I, I think Xbox even sent out like a survey to like their customers and be like, would you be interested in a controller like the one from PlayStation? Honestly, because, I was just about to say that, you know, like yeah. Microsoft definitely wants the feedback of their gamers. Like when they put anything into consideration to make any sort of changes, because, uh, like they know the value of, of releasing a good gaming system for the people and got to respect that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I was going to say I mean, like originally um, the, the Xbox, the first Xbox controller was quite large in comparison to everything else that was oh, out yeah. there at the time. And, you know, Kyle, you can appreciate having big mitts there as you were talking about, but <laughs> I, I really thought that the original Xbox controller was pretty revolutionary in the way that it fit people's hands. Mm. Um, and, like it had, it really, it blew PlayStation out of the water originally in terms of comfortability with the controls. The, the PlayStation Three controller was, was basically just a revamp of one and two, just cordless. It didn't, yeah. didn't really make any sort of major improvements um, overall in in terms of, of how it felt in your hands. And I think that was a big miss. Whereas, like finally in in PS4 and PS5, they've really looked at the controller comfortability and and what a gamer needs and and made some pretty miraculous changes. So totally, and they, I think they also looked at to like what their sort of demographic was because yeah. there was like well, video games aren't just for little kids, so they're sort of uh, expanding to a wider audience a little bit more to to make sure that it's accessible to everyone in terms of, you know, size and usability. Well, I think Nintendo did a great job with that, uh, with the switch, uh, you know, the switch pro controller, you know, it, it would be a, a real toss up for me. Uh, if, you know, if you're talking like current gen, uh, controllers, um, you know, the switch pro controller, it's light. It fits a little bit bigger, uh, the battery life on that thing is absolutely phenomenal. And, uh, you know, if you're playing anything that's a little bit more labor intensive and you want to sit on the couch, I, I think it's still one of the best controllers available right now. Um, I, I think they hit it out of the park with that. I'd love to see that battery life adopted into, um, and at least in a PlayStation. Um, you know, I, I know Xbox is still rocking a lot of those uh Duracell battery sponsorships. So. <laughs> the, the replaceable battery. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was one thing they have to move away from. I I, I heard her. Yeah, I heard a rumor, and I don't think it's true, but I thought it was funny nonetheless that uh, people were people were guessing the reason they were still adding batteries to their controllers was because they had a long term. Uh, sponsorship deal with duracell batteries and so that's why they kept going with it this gen um i think they came out publicly and and said like no that's not the case but uh, that one made me laugh i thought that we was just funny. we just really love to burn through batteries <laughs> yeah. or, or yeah. use the apple the apple technique of being like well you can use batteries or you pay the extra 50 bucks for the rechargeable pack oh God, yeah yeah <laughs> The, the add-ons yeah all the accessories how they get you yeah. the other one the other controller um and i don't know if you guys have any experience with this um i just have uh, one buddy that's been on this since uh 
the very beginning is the other controller that is actually is quite nice is the Google Stadia controller is actually really nice too. Yeah. Um, similar to the, like Xbox's original plan was Google put in a lot of time finding out exactly what uh, people wanted out of a controller and, and definitely put in the work. It's a very nice controller. I hope that controller connects to other devices. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I, I think in I think in theory and concept, the Stadia is a great piece of hardware. And I think, uh, you know, give it another five to 10 years and, and something like that could be more widespread. But yeah, we, we Not have, right now. Well, when you have to deal with uh, internet speeds and, uh, and data caps, you know, especially if you live in a smaller rural area, I mean, good luck trying to get that thing to work on a consistent basis. It would just be a nightmare. No kidding. Let alone playing an online-based game like multiplayer. Oh, God. Like, would be a nightmare for anyone like not in a major city area running totally. stadia. Yeah. Yeah. But cool idea. You know, like I said, I, I'd love to see where that, uh, where that technology could go in 10 years. Uh, you know, it'd be really interesting to see what happens with it, but I see if Google sticks with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I think stadia is ahead of its time. I think they got on it a, almost too early. Like it just doesn't, it didn't seem to have as much of a, of a pull as I think they were hoping. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking back, one of the other like interesting sort of console wars that came out to me was sort of right at the end of the nineties, there was this huge push to like disc based gaming, right? We saw like the Sega Saturn and the, the PlayStation one um, sort of battling with Nintendo with the N64 but the the console that really had a lot of potential for me that I never like looked into deeper, but was just really cool to me was the Dreamcast because it actually had like again we're talking about t- chunky controllers and stuff. The Dreamcast controller was a beast, but it also had like almost a visual memory card you could use and see like what was saved on it. And that was like really, really cool to me compared to PlayStation 2s, which was like a little tiny like black square that you can put in stuff and still buy at Walmart for $50 these days. I just love that you had these guys going to disc-based media and Nintendo was like, you know what? Go fuck yourselves. We're rocking cartridges, baby. <laughs> we're gonna take we're gonna take those memory cards that you've been using and turn them into the games. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Nintendo 64, we're gonna give you these giant cartridges and we're gonna give you this boomerang shaped controller. Yeah. Have fun. And then after that, it was like, GameCube, we're gonna do discs. But smaller. Gonna yeah, it was, that was super weird. <laughs> yeah. su- that's like the uh, what was it? Not the what's the other version of Blu-ray that didn't take off? The red disc. Oh, I think it's just HD DVD or something or like whatever. that. Yeah. That is pretty much what that was. Like there was that totally. little for any anyone of our era will remember. There was that really weird brief period of time where everyone's like mini mini discs. Yeah. <laughs> and then like over one summer, we all forgot about it. <laughs> You guys but remember there was a period where it was like mini discs. You remember that uh, this will just be a short tangent, but you guys remember those mini disc players? Oh, I remember yeah, that music. One. It was it was like taking a oh miniature floppy disk and sliding it into the cart into the thing and slamming it close. Oh man. 
Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then Nintendo bought all the unused ones for super cheap and based an entire <laughs> console off of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Although I got to say, I'm a huge fan of Nintendo for the fact that they they always seem to be the ones that do like the weird, the weird step. Yeah, they do something different. They uh, completely out of left field. And then everyone goes, you know, at first they're like, eh, maybe not. Like you think of the Wii because at first it was like Wii is a yeah. Wii prime example of this. Everyone's like, oh, we fit, and then they're like, okay, whatever. And then Xbox, PlayStation, everyone makes their like move, like the PS yeah. Move or whatever yeah. it was. I and had it's, that. It's like oh, now man. it's a now it's a. I mean, it's still kind of fallen by the wayside, but it just the way that great. Nintendo thought through, yeah, everyone else kind of took hold of it. And well, I mean, you you know that's a perfect example. You know, the Wii came out graphically it wasn't as strong as the other consoles and the games were nowhere near strong that is the fourth best best best-selling home console of all time yeah and that's i think that's accessibility right like it had something for everyone when i think to be followed by their worst selling console the (laughs) wii u oh man I think yeah. that's just because it was it was pretty much just like a slightly different upgrade of the same system, right? Like, well, they I don't, re- like if you if you had a Wii, you weren't going to get a Wii U. They it was really the precursor struggled. to the Switch, right? Like, yeah. it was the handheld yeah. console that functioned through your TV still in certain yeah. regards. Like, it was yeah. the handheld thing became the controller. Well, it was it was the precursor to the Switch. One of the biggest mistakes they made was also doing the Xbox thing. That you know, was keeping the Wii tagline on it. So a lot of people yeah. were, and the marketing was an absolute mess on top of all of that. So yeah. you had parents at Christmas time, you know, going, "Okay, well, what the fuck I is the difference Nintendo. between the Wii and the Wii U? Like, are those the same thing?" <laughs> you know and, and you see the Wii on sale for like a hundred bucks less so the parents end up picking up the old console so yeah it was a botched i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure we need to start selling consoles the same way we'll sell cars um because that seems to be the way it's going it's like here is your base model oh and totally then, and then here is your you know you like go to a website and be like i want to build my own car but yeah. with a console, and that's, I mean, that's pretty much building a PC. But The, whole, the holy uh, shit package. I want the holy yeah, shit yeah. package, yeah. please. I want the really fast one. Yeah. I want I'm going to do a play Minecraft. Premium. <laughs> well, and, and see, I think that's the one benefit of console gaming for, for now is the fact that I can plop down, you know, a couple hundred bucks, and that's going to save me for the next, you know, six, seven years. If not more, yeah, like know. if you look at the the generation, like PS4 came out in what, like 2012? 2013. Yeah, something like that. And eight it's years. still going. They're yeah. usually on like an eight year cycle and they're yeah. still going. Yeah. But at least then you know for the lifetime of that console, if you buy a package that says PS5 on it, it will work. Yes. Yeah. Like I remember going back to our uh, last episode with Kyle and I racing to play video games on the computer. I remember when we got, I believe it was Warcraft 3. Absolutely, yep. I remember so this. We got Warcraft 3 on our home PC, which I will put this out there. Our home PC, which I used up until junior high, high school, had 19 gigs of storage on it. Oh, beautiful. Yeah, I, I <laughs> so I remember, I remember Kyle, and got, Kyle got an iPod, which had like four times the storage of this thing. And I remember we got Warcraft 3 and we got in trouble because we didn't read the box. And our mom had to go out and buy like an extra, like, 
going super small here, 150 megs of RAM just to run the game. Yeah, you couldn't download it back then. I love it. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, it was so bad. (laughs) Yeah, I distinctly remember that too. Well, there's nothing clearer than PC gaming, right? Like PC gaming runs so fast. It's like, it's an immaculate experience if you're going, but the, like in order to have a unit that functions at the highest level consistently, you're spending thousands of dollars. Yeah, and even look at some of the scarcity of like the graphics cards right now. Like the 3090 that came out is being scalped for like double, triple retail. Yeah. Which is oh, absurd. Man. And then all the others are being bought to mine Bitcoin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you yeah. thought the That's resale thing? the PlayStation and the Xbox was high. Try yeah. buying a graphics card. Yeah, yeah right. Well, the crazy That's thing just the that, graphics card. I mean, you have to every, what, four years, five years, you're, you're going to have to get either a new graphics card or you're going to have to get more RAM or, you know, you're always swapping in and out pieces and like, Hey, if, if that's what you want to do and and you want to get like the, the premier experience, all the power to you. Yeah. If you want to keep up with the PC master race or whatever they, God, it's, it's tough, but it's, I mean, they do, it does work well. It works extremely well. That's when it works. Yes, absolutely. I think that's the only nice thing about PC gaming. I will also put this out there is games, I would say, tend to last longer because of the potential for mods. Oh, absolutely. Like Skyrim. Yeah, like the replayability of some games. Like there's some games like I'll play once and I'll never touch them again. But there's stuff, I mean, I've replayed dozens of times on PC simply because someone's like, oh, hey, I know this game. Like, yeah, you think of Skyrim, which has an infinite number of mods. And someone's like, hey, I redid all of the graphics. And now it doesn't look like a game out of the 90s. Like it looks super good. You're like, oh, okay, I'll give it a shot. And it makes it completely different. Or there's games that you buy and then never play. Oh, Steam sales. Thank you, Steam sales. (laughs) Spending money I didn't need to. Yeah. It's okay. It was only two bucks. Yeah, it was two dollars. It's fine. 50 games later. Um, now there's there's one console that I know is near and dear to Daryl's heart that we haven't touched on yet, and he was very like extremely excited about it. You should have seen the uh, group text messages we got when uh, when it was announced. So Daryl, why don't you take us on a journey? Well, at first I thought it was like some pseudo April Fool's joke, but once I found out that it was real, I got very excited at the idea of the KF console. <laughs> Chicken I, baby. I don't even like KFC's food, but I just wanted no. to know how, like, how is this going to work? And how is this not going to start house fires? And how is this not <laughs> going to cause problems? Like your house smelling like deep fried chicken all the time. Yeah. Um, but I just, I'm curious to know how it works. I won't lie. I kind of want one just for the sake of, of having it. <laughs> oh, Collect, totally. Collector's item, man. Yeah. And, but I'm, I want to know how it functions. Like it, we have just a few details based off of its capability, but they're like, they're coming out so bold saying they're going to like womp everybody else in, in the gaming community for what this system is going to be capable of doing. Yeah. And I just, I want to see the dumpster fire. 
Yeah. I just, I just or picture. Or literal fire. Yeah. I just picture all the grease, the chicken grease fires. Oh my God. You know, you come home and this thing is just bonfiring your entire basement. But so it's like, just, does the does the excess oh heat God. that it takes to play the game go into the deep? Like, does it go into the chicken warmer? Is that like, is it just right. being displaced? <laughs> so, so just just to clarify for anyone that isn't familiar with it, uh, KFC Gaming, yes, that's a thing, and Coolmaster, that one of the PC brands, uh, teamed up and announced a KF console and it's supposed to compete with all these other consoles. The only difference is that as a signature feature, which is a patented chicken chamber where you can store and warm KFC chicken. <laughs> chicken chamber. They call it the chicken chamber. Chicken yes. chamber. <laughs> I, I also got to mention the console is shaped like a KFC's bucket. Yeah, yeah, yes. it sure in is. All black. Now, this I know it's probably like in response because there was like a Bud Light one, which was like a projector is supposed to look like a six pack. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but that came up. Um, but essentially, like, isn't this not just like strapping a disk drive onto like an air fryer? Is that, <laughs> is that what we're doing here? Yeah, like, or, like I need more information on how they're just going to overclock it so or, much that it's just. Or are we geez. thinking about this backwards and they've actually found the technology from Back to the Future and this is a flux capacitor <laughs> yeah, and you actually power it? You actually power it with the chicken and the chicken grease no, and it actually um, consumes it to run the game? Yeah, wouldn't go. that make it a clux capacitor (laughs) i just when when i think of uh when i think of the the flux capacitor and the chicken running the console uh i i just think of the old double dragon movie where they're dumping garbage garbage into into their vehicle (laughs) to power it up like that's all i can think of right now oh we'll get to that later Oh my goodness. The chicken chamber just makes it sound like you got a chicken on a treadmill in there running the damn thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just the opening it. line when you turn it on isn't this is finger licking good gaming is like it's just a loss. <laughs> I will Chuck throw I will throw it in the garbage like Ron Swanson. <laughs> I will throw it out in disgust. Fuck that. Missed opportunity. Um, but apparently like the graphics card in it is it gonna be like a, a first of its kind hot swappable GPU. Which I don't know if it's just like hot because it's covered in chicken grease or if if they're actually trying to make some sort of like proprietary thing to like keep up to date with all these like upgraded GPU stuff. This is like the weirdest reverse of liquid cooling ever. (laughs) (laughs) I just... I don't know how how is this thing not going to overheat? Like, yeah, some I don't some poor it. dude with an engineering degree <laughs> is just sitting <laughs> there being like, this "I wanted to make games and consoles, and I'm sitting here making the KF console." Well, you get so you get that you get them just coming out of left field, and then have you guys heard of the Atari VCS at all? No. no. So the Atari VCS is a new console coming out, apparently. And uh, it looks like a wood paneled VCR from the 70s. But oh man, but apparently it does 4K HDR, you know, all the all the big stuff. But uh, yeah, they announced that. Oh, God, it's got to be two years ago now. 
And I don't think there's any updates on like release dates or any of that stuff. No, but you can pre-order it. Just give them your money now, right? It's a Kickstarter campaign in disguise. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Like anyone that's like looking around their house and is like, oh, this is old. Let's just throw it out. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You just throw out something that's more expensive than the newest PS5. It's like, oh, you know what? It'll probably be a collectible though, if anything. Yeah. It does look cool. It's like, it's like retro futuristic. It's really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. The look of it it is fantastic. Yeah. I really like the look of it. It looks like they took the Stadia or those, uh, the Steam, the Steam box, whatever that was going to be. Oh, right. Controllers yeah, when Steam yeah. was going to make their own controllers. It kind of looks like that. But. Uh, did you guys have any other, other consoles that like really stuck out to you that you've like personally experienced that um, you wanted to, to touch on at all? I got to do a huge shout out to Game Boy. Yep. Yeah, uh, I think everyone does, especially from our era when like you didn't have a phone or uh, anything to do on road trips. Oh, <laughs> totally. Fun. All of them. I think uh, <laughs> I was looking through the list. I think essentially every generation of Game Boy Kyler and I had like from the original like Nokia yellow screen. Oh, I had the big giant, chunky like, the one. Brick, the brick Game Boy. Yeah, um, yeah. And I think from there, yeah. I think I had every version, you know, even through now. Um, yes, I'm a 30 year old man. Yes, I will pay for my own vacations. And yes, on the flight, I will be drinking liquor and playing Pokemon on my Game Boy. <laughs> Goddamn right you are. Uh, I, I still remember having that old chunky. Mine, mine was actually like a see through Game Boy. So you could see all the parts inside, which was I super cool. Um, still remember like playing on road trips and playing like Wario Land. Oh, so good. And because we're driving at night, you had basically had to like play between uh, streetlights yeah, because it no wasn't backlight, backlight yet. Right. No, there was no backlight yet. So you're you just the, like till you get that game gear. You gotta <laughs> yeah, get those, gotta get those add-ons. Yeah, the, the magnifying the glass magnifying with glass the light on top. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's probably one of our earliest um, sort of entries into gaming for us, aside from our you know what we talked about in our first episode. Yeah, I'd, I'd give some more love to uh, to a couple handhelds. Obviously, the Game Boy is an absolute classic, but uh, I had the uh, Sega Game Gear. Uh, um, yeah, oh, yeah, I, I got color that. screen. Yeah, I got that puppy for Christmas one year. I lost my mind opening that thing up. First off, it's a it's a unit. Like that thing is oh. fucking huge. But uh, I I got Mega Man. Which I mean, we've heard it. We've already we all know discussed. How that went. Yeah, we all know how that went. Um, I got uh, the Lion King, which would have been the Super Nintendo version of <laughs> the Lion fuck King. You edition. The fuck you edition. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I got another game uh, called the Doctor Robotnik's Mean Bean Machine, uh, which was like a it was like a Tetris. Was it just like game? a Dr. Mario ripoff? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It was very yeah. similar to that. And uh, that was, yeah, that was a spin-off game that I absolutely loved playing. Um, so, yeah. And, and the nice thing with the Game Gear was it was backlit. Uh, you know, so playing at night, you actually could see everything. So, Which is why it drained batteries like a monster. I, I want to say it had either six or eight batteries. Yeah, I had a lot of batteries in it. <laughs> to run that thing. Yeah, it was a monster. 
but I remember the game gear. My old doctor was a G. The man he had it on lock. The weight room had two game gears in it. So like as you're waiting as a kid for your appointment at the doctor's office, you could play Game Gear. That's why I played Sonic for the first time ever. Um, yeah, it was incredible. Uh, but and but I definitely dropped it on the floor and had all eight batteries pop out the back of it. So yeah, yep, <laughs> there's an amazing amount of batteries on the back of those things. Yeah, yeah that's uh, I love that one. And then the other one that's uh, it's a little more recent is the uh, PlayStation Vita. I don't know if anybody's ever bought one. Yeah, of those. you you just managed to get your hands on like a used one of those, didn't you? Yes, I scooped up a used one uh, about a month ago. I sold my original uh, handheld to actually when the Switch came out, and I used the money that I sold uh, with that and and bought the Switch. But uh, yeah, I, I wish the Vita took off. I mean, it's a it's a super cool uh, handheld. It had some great games on it. Uh, the screen was phenomenal. Like it was an OL, it was an OLED screen, bright colors. It was touch uh, touchscreen compatible, and uh, yeah, you know, typical Sony. They came out with uh, with proprietary memory cards. Uh, you couldn't, you know, just toss in an SD card uh, to get increased storage. I think a 32 gig memory card for the Vita was over a hundred bucks. Jeez. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. So, I mean, they did a lot of stupid things that kind of shot themselves in the foot, but I, I hope eventually I'd love to see them take another crack at a handheld. Um, Cause I really do like that console. So just to give a quick recap of, you know, the console wars and how they've developed over the years, uh, Daryl's got a quick, quick set of stats to throw at you just to give some context to the console wars as a whole um, from the early years to now. So in like the console wars essentially started in the mid seventies. There was, that was when there was multiple things to choose from. Uh, Jordan talked about the Intellivision in our first episode and, uh, like the cool thing, they sold just over 3 million units, um, which, you know, was, was pretty good at that time, but it still didn't amount to the seventies top dog was the Atari 2600 and they had over 30 million units sold. Um, that moves into the eighties where Atari is still kind of, um, big into the market, but this is the introduction of the first Nintendo. And so Nintendo comes in and basically usurps Atari selling 61 million units of the original Nintendo. In the late 80s and early 90s, we we see uh, more of a push from Nintendo, uh, but also Sega has like a huge push. The Sega Mega Drive and the Genesis sold 30.7 million units and the Super Nintendo sold just short of 50 million units. So that this like in the 80s and early 90s, it's it's Sega and Nintendo going head to head. This links into the handheld game where the original. It's funny the original Game Boy is still one of the best selling uh, consoles of all time. Sold just short of 120 million units. Crazy. Uh, in the early 90s. Uh, Kyle noted the Sega Saturn as being one of his his, his favorite consoles that sold 9.2 million units. 
But this was uh, at the same time as the Nintendo 64, still really big into the mix. They sold over 30, 33 million units. And we have the introduction of the Sony PlayStation, which took Japan and everywhere else on the east side of the world by storm, North America as well. This was huge, 102 million units sold uh, between 1995 and 2005, which is insane. Uh, then we move into the next gen. Uh, this is where we kind of really see consoles releasing things at the same time. So in the late 90s, early 2000s, we have the Sega Dreamcast, the PlayStation 2, the Nintendo GameCube, and the original Xbox all releasing within three years of each other. Uh, and the GameCube and Xbox both sold over 20 million units, but the PS2 which is crazy because Sony has some of the top selling uh, consoles of all time was a whopping 155 million units. Holy crap. That's insane. What and is... then, sorry, Daryl, go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Um, no, and no. then in the mid two thousands, we see the, the next gen. So Xbox 360, the PlayStation three and the Wii and we have this trend of PlayStation kind of taking over and Xbox coming up behind and Nintendo kind of doing its own thing. But oddly enough, this was a, another huge win for Nintendo. And I think that the Wii's affordability really offered it that. But the Xbox 360 and the PlayStation both were really close at this time um, with over 80 million units each. And the Wii was the only one that, what, that broke 100 million units in that battle. Um, in the 2013 era, PlayStation 4, Xbox, Xbox One, and Nintendo Switch, which is like still active, um, that one coming out in 2017, kind of on the later end. Xbox sells more than 46 million. Nintendo Switch is still going. It's just short of 80 million. And the P- PS4 sold 112 and. And now we move on to our newest units. We know how scarce it is to find PS5s and Xbox Series Xs where uh, PlayStation 5 is sold just under 5 million and the Xbox Series X is just under 3 million. I'm sorry, say that again. 5 million already? PlayStation 5 is just under 5 million units sold and the Xbox Series X is just under 3 million units sold. Jeez. If you're this is a huge go. amount of systems. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, Scalpers. And 2.4 million of them are on resale. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Some Jeez. Indiana Jones warehouse somewhere with a bunch of PlayStations in it. <laughs> Top men. Yeah, the funny thing with the PS3 and 360 era was that uh, the, the Xbox 360 for the longest time was actually kicking the shit out of the PlayStation because of the price. Uh, oh, oh yeah. The PS3 came out, I think uh, Canadian. I want to say it was, uh, I want to say it was 700 Canadian. Like 650 or 700. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere in there. And like, that was absolutely ridiculous. And uh, so I, I'm surprised that their numbers are so close together because I remember um, how, Everybody was saying, you know, this generation X, it's the Xbox, you know, the 360 dominated. Uh, and yet, you know, they finished within 3 million units of each other. I, that's interesting. I know towards the end when I got, uh, when they started putting it on for cheaper, I know even I talked to a few people, it was still the cheapest option to buy a Blu-ray player 
versus buying a Blu-ray player. Oh, interesting. So I know a lot of people might have bought one just, just for that. I mean, it, it also had Netflix and had that accessibility. But if you weren't even going to play games and you were looking to get a Blu-ray player, which that would have been kind of the peak. Right. Um, it was still cheaper than most of the other units coming out because I think those were like in the seven dollars $800 range. And it was still one of the most like reliable ones on the market too. Yeah. True. Yeah, you get a Blu-ray true. player and a versatile machine for less than the normal. Like that, yeah. that's a no-brainer. Yeah, because yeah. that was before they were Easy. even implementing smart technology and like all these other you know apps and stuff into your Blu-ray players. Which now, I mean, your TV does. But um, yeah, at the time, that was I know, I know that was a big factor uh, early on. Right. And that wasn't even that long ago. No, honestly, then yeah. it's kind of it's kind of crazy. I think the PS3 sold more in the late end. Yeah. Um, especially since the Xbox 360 came out a year before the PS3, like not a complete year, but like a considerable amount of time before it gave them a little bit of a leg up to get some sales early on. Um, which is like, <laughs> they've kind of corrected with each other over time. They basically released the systems within months apart of each other, or if not the same time, uh, in order to stay relevant and, and competitive. So, I mean, we all witnessed like the, the release date pissing contest that, playstation and xbox had with this current release yeah just like waiting and waiting and waiting it's like when's it gonna release when can we pre-order yeah just give me some fucking information guys <laughs> who's gonna go first yeah. like <laughs> i'm stuck in my house with nine pallets of toilet paper and <laughs> i can't see anybody so <laughs> just give me some fucking information please all right. Well, I think that about wraps it up for us tonight. We've gone through a lot of console information. If you stuck with us this far, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, we will uh, hopefully see you again next week. Um, thanks again for tuning in. And hey, Jordan, what do you think about that episode? Yeah, good enough. Good enough. Good enough.